Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Hi, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here and welcome to episode number 28 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thank you so much for being here and listening to the show. Now on today's show, we have a very special guest. I'm super stoked to have him on the show. His name is Brian Kennedy. And if you don't know Brian via that name, if you're on YouTube and looking at mountain biking videos at all, you will definitely know the BKXC brand and channel. And that is Brian Kennedy himself. Brian goes around the world riding the best trails, filming it all for us, for our enjoyment, so we can have a look at it, see what they're like, and hopefully someday maybe get out there ourselves. You never know. Stranger things can happen. So Brian's on the show today, and we had a great conversation. We chatted about how he started the podcast, how he used to sell pots and pans, stuff like that. It's pretty crazy. How he grew the channel to almost 130,000 subscribers now, and where the channel's going, how he feels, the future's looking for the channel, what he does, how he connects with his audience. It's just a really good chat. We just go into everything. And, and more than anything, it's just a really good chilled out chat about what he's doing with the YouTube channel and everything else. So it's pretty cool. Um, I really enjoyed having him on the show. It was really entertaining and he's such a good guy. What you see on his videos is what you get with Brian. He's just down to earth, so cool. And um, he's just made a success out of his passion and out of what he loves doing. We chat a wee bit about that as well. How he finances everything through YouTube, how that works for him, what kind of money he's making roughly and how... Just networking, being with friends, riding with friends, meeting different people just makes it all so worthwhile. So folks, I'm not going to talk anymore. I'm going to let Brian do the majority of the talking from now on. But I just want to say a quick thank you for everybody that has subscribed to the show, everybody that has got involved and the guys that sent in all the questions that uh, I was to ask Brian. But unfortunately, I only got to ask a couple because we were a wee bit... Um, restraint for time so I only got asked a couple but but it's all cool I really appreciate you getting involved so let's just get on with it let's welcome Brian Kennedy BKXC to the MTB Tribe podcast. Mr Brian Kennedy welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast thank you so much for being on house tricks with yourself. I'm doing good man. Awesome, awesome. And listen, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. I never, ever thought I would be speaking to yourself. So it's, it's a big honor. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. I love hearing that. I'm I'm very accessible. I think a lot of people think that, but if you send me an email, I'll send an email back. Yeah, yeah. You're pretty awesome with getting back uh, with all your comments on YouTube and stuff. And we'll get into that a wee bit later because that's a massive undertaking <laughs> because you've got a massive amount of comments nowadays. So, so awesome. But we'll, we'll chat on that a wee bit later. So you're just back. You were away with um, Sid and Mackie there, weren't you? Yeah, I, was, I did a little southwestern U.S. tour, kind of, sort of. I did Sedona, Phoenix, uh, some areas around Las Vegas, and I went to Southern California. But yeah, I rode with Sid and Mackie for three days, and it was really fun. 
Yeah, brilliant. I, I just watched a couple of those there, and uh, yeah, the, those trails looked really difficult. <laughs> so amazing it's amazing to come this far like from being you know i could always kind of sort of ride that stuff but now riding that stuff faster and and being able to follow a pro enduro rider it's amazing Mm -hmm. oh man it's unreal it's unreal so brian you're from california what area are you from i'm from northern california i live in vallejo california and it's about 45 minutes from san francisco sometimes sometimes it's 20 minutes from san francisco just depends on the traffic (laughs) yeah so Everybody knows Brian Kennedy or BKXC, your YouTube channel, um, and what you do now uh, and the kind of scenario around that. But how did all this start? You know, who were you before BKXC? What what were you interested in? What did you do for an income, etc.? Yeah, so I was a I was a web developer. I always worked like in on websites. I went to college for journalism and right out of college I got a job at a newspaper in Napa as the web guy. So I worked on their website. Really got it was, you know, that time 2006 when like, you know, not many newspapers had good websites and there was kind of this whole, you know, everything's moving online and and online content was a real thing all of a sudden, you know, I'd been on the internet for 10 years at that point, but you know, most people are like, oh, the internet, it's a big fad. So I kind of got the the newspaper's website up and running, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff that was all just kind of starting to trickle out. And uh, I did that for a few years and it was a lot of nights and weekend shifts. So I I moved to a a more, you know, mellow job at potsandpans.com, being a web developer, doing the same kind of stuff, but just doing it for uh, pots and pans instead of news articles. And then from there, you know, I just always wanted, I just kept thinking about, I got itched, I got very itchy. I just wanted to find a, a, a way to make money and then go mountain bike, you know, just make, have some kind of business on the side and then go do mountain biking more and more. And, uh, I just started studying YouTube. YouTube was always out there. You know, there's been plenty of people that have made a living out of what they love doing on YouTube. Even, you know, I only started my channel two years ago, 2016, which is, you know, by 2016, there's probably, you know, 50,000 people on YouTube that are like, no, no exaggeration. There's probably a good amount, tens of thousands of people that are making a living off of YouTube doing what they love, you know, whether it's fishing or makeup tutorials or bodybuilding, there's just example after example after example of people that are doing what they love on YouTube and finding an audience. And so I kind of looked at YouTube and did some studying and I had a couple other channels where I was experimenting with things. And then I saw the YouTube, uh, I saw the mountain biking thing. I saw Nate Hills with his gimbal in Sedona. And I was like, oh, wait a second here. What, what's this? And uh, it clicked and I tried it and people started finding it immediately and we were off to the races. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting that you went down the YouTube Route because you would almost think in 2016 that if you're wanting to make a living off YouTube, ah, it's already been done. You know, there's yep. hundreds of thousands of people on YouTube. You know, and I read a thing like there was there's 440,000 videos uploaded every day or something yeah. silly like that. You know, she'd so almost think from a entrepreneurial view that ah, oh, that's been done. But you found a niche. Exactly. And really what I what I could see by studying, by watching, by searching for as many mountain bike videos as I could, that nobody was really doing like 
the vlogging thing slash the friend thing. So that's what I always say in my videos. Like I'm a friend, like I'm a normal guy that hangs out. I go and travel, but I talk to the camera like a friend. You know, it's not, it's not this thing where I'm too cool for school. It's not this thing where it's, you know, there's a lot of different layers of what you can be on YouTube and, you know, you could do cinematic videos and you could do these type of videos. And I just always wanted it to be just me talking to the camera, hanging out, showing my flaws, which I think has been my biggest, uh, the biggest thing I've ever done is just showing myself to be flawed (laughs) and that just makes people like it more. So yeah, I just, I, I, I saw that there was definitely a hole. There was a huge hole even two years ago when you would have thought there's no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And why did you do the mountain bike thing? Was it just because that's what you were really into at the time? Had you just started mountain biking? What was your background in that? Yeah, so I probably started mountain biking seven or eight years ago. It's very fuzzy. I, the math on when I started uh, is, is pretty fuzzy. But me and my brother have been mountain biking for like almost every weekend until I started my channel. And then I kind of started my channel and kind of went off on my own and did more more of it on my own. Uh, but yeah, I was always into mountain biking. I but really, the, like I said before, the, the idea was to build a business so I could go and do these mountain bike trips, like going to Spain or going to Madeira or wherever, just traveling the world because I already had money, you know, generating income on the side over here, like that didn't need to be touched, you know, which is, you know, the impossible business. But uh, so, yeah, when I saw that I could combine mountain biking and that kind of business, make traveling be the business, and mm-hmm. I went for it. Awesome. And your area there where you live is i'm sure is pretty good for mountain biking there's a good scene there do you think that helped you with your youtube channel that you could go plenty of places quite locally initially and get your videos out 100 percent. i you know i think it did help me but it doesn't have to be that way like because as much as anybody wants to think like oh I, i need to go travel i need to go hit all these different trails it really comes down to your personality that's what youtube is it's entertainment it's not here's this trail here's this trail here's this trail here's this trail like so i i see it both ways where it really did help like living in northern california and being a three-hour drive away from so many great trails there's still trails i haven't hit i still haven't put on my channel yet that i still need to get to i'm very lucky in that way but if you look at youtube as like a quantity game where it's like oh no i have to go here oh i have to travel here i have to travel there like you're looking at it all wrong. There's, I'm sure there's guys that are just riding the same. You could ride the same trail every day for six months and, uh, it would still be interesting because it's them. It's their personality. You're getting to know them. You're hearing their stories. You're learning about who they are. And I think that is almost what's completely missing from any of the, the guys that are trying to come up now and trying to get their channels established where I think they're still afraid to show who they really are. So it's very much like, hey, guys, we're here. We're going to do this versus, you know, I'm just I'll show every flaw in the book. I'll cuss. I'll be me to a fault. And I think that's what has helped my channel the most. Well, I think you have to be you nowadays, don't you? And of course, you seem quite likable. So that that's good. <laughs> yeah, somehow <laughs> I, I always find it. I find it really funny because it's like I, I feel like at any party or any other thing, I'm not really the life of the party, or and nobody's really enthralled with anything I have to say. So I find it kind of funny that I've found an audience. Yeah, well, you have to connect with your audience. You have to know who your audience is, don't you? And um, 
I think you've done that very well, and I think that's why people can relate to your channel and and enjoy your channel so much because you are just like them, or they are just like you, and yes. you know that's why I started to watch it because you did fall off, you you did make mistakes, and I'm like, well, wow, if if Brian can ride these trails, maybe I could ride those trails, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think it's an awesome thing. And I, I feel like it gets a little dangerous sometimes <laughs> because <laughs> I, I think it, like people have this image of like, yeah, you know, I'm OK. And then like when I actually do get to ride with people, it's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize you're actually good. So it's it's kind of a funny balance. But, you know, in my eyes, in my head, I'm not I'm still not that great. You know, I'm trying mm-hmm. to keep up with so many of these guys like the past couple of videos with Sid and Mackie have been awesome because they went easy on me. So I was able to actually keep up with them and, you know it felt like a kind of a breakthrough yeah yeah no it's funny like i'm sure because you're riding quite a lot you don't really see yourself getting that much better you know because you're doing it so often of course but um i'm i'm sure people you know like your brother maybe who doesn't ride with you that often i'm sure he sees a great advance in your skills etc yeah, a couple of people are always like recently have said like, "Hey man, you should go back to your first videos and watch those and see how much you've come <laughs> along." Yeah, interesting. So, Brian, when you started the YouTube thing, uh, were you still working at nine to five for say at that time? Yes, yes, I was. So I started April 2016. I started putting out videos. Within the first few videos, a lot of people were finding the channel and commenting, and I knew that it was going to be something. So I just knew I had to feed the beast and keep getting videos out. So I I had a trip to Whistler that I did. I went to Lake Tahoe. I got a a good library of videos going. And at some point, I think I started doing two or three videos a week, even while I still had my job, just because I had this this backlog of content. Mm. And then... You know, around September, I think it was September. I'm still kind of fuzzy of how many subscribers I had. I think I had around 5,000 subscribers within that first six months or so. Is that six months? Yeah. And around September, I I figured, you know what? I'm not going to wait around for this to be a sustainable thing. I know it's going to grow. You know, I did the math and I figured that by May of 2017, I would have 50,000 subscribers and 50,000 subscribers would mean a sustainable income. So I way back at so back in September when I had 5,000 subscribers, I was like, man, there's still there's still time left in the season. There's still places to go ride. There's still stuff to do. Like, (laughs) forget it. I'm quitting my job. I'm going for it. And uh, I, I did that. And somehow it worked. And, you know, I I I I really think it was kind of crazy looking back but i had utter confidence and people still were finding my channel and all it all worked out so uh don't quit your job at five thousand subscribers unless you're really really confident in what you're doing yeah and like what was that i'm just curious to know what that felt like um from moving from a full-time enjoy uh, a job with full-time income etc to going out you know just taking that that leap of faith how did that feel It was really scary, even though I had supreme confidence. Like, I knew what I was doing was making a difference. I was getting the emails and comments every day from people who were like, man, I love what you're doing. I I got off the couch. I've been riding. I lost 20 pounds. Like, I I made so many connections with so many people, and I knew what I was doing, like, had this – this really powerful thing like it wasn't just me being narcissistic out riding it was like 
me going out riding, making a goof of myself and people really, really loving it. So I, I, I had like supreme confidence that I could make this happen. The, the money stuff was starting to kind of trickle in. I was like, okay, so if I do this, I get some YouTube ad money. Okay, I've got some affiliate link money, you know, piecing together the income stuff. But, but it, it still, it, it was still extremely scary. It was still this very big thing. Like, oh, what are my parents going to think? Oh, what are my grandparents going to think? What are my family going <laughs> to, you know, just like, just such a scary thing to jump into because it's such an unknown thing. It's, it's really like I, I, to any YouTuber out there that wants to do this, I encourage you, but it's like packing up your car and moving to Hollywood. Like, why Mm. do you think that you could go star in a TV show or star in a movie? Like, how is that even possible? But at least with YouTube, you can try it. And if people find you, they find you and they like it versus Hollywood. You got to go through gatekeepers and you have to go on auditions and people have to, you know, people in power have to choose you versus normal people who are your audience choosing you. So I, I just, I, that's what gets me so much about YouTubers coming up and trying to make a channel and not really realizing it's a TV show. You're making a TV show th- like I'm making a TV show three days a week and all that content and trying to be entertaining. It's not just strap a gimbal to your chest and ride. It's really about connecting with the audience. And even at even when I only had 5,000, only 5,000 subscribers, that's still a lot Uh I felt like I was still making a connection with the audience and I knew that more people were going to want to find it and that I should go for it. Tell me about the day you went to your parents and said, Mom, I'm going to do this. What yeah. was that conversation <laughs> like? It, it's so funny because, I, you know, I was a, at the time what I was probably 34 years old. You know, it's yeah. like I'm not a yeah. kid, exactly. but my parents with- still have this, you know, this influence. I'm still very much, you know, connected to my parents and we hang out a lot. So it's still, even as an adult, it's still this, oh, it's still this thing. So a little well, bit think, of back. I think it's yeah, even yeah. worse. If you went to your parents when you were <laughs> 18 or 19 and said that, they would say, well, oh, that's cool. Let them try it for yeah, a couple you got of time. years. See how yeah. on. You know, but you know, you're not a teenager or exactly. whatever anymore. So <laughs> you're right. No, you're so right. That's so funny. So a little bit of backstory is that when I was working at the pots and pans place, I kind of had this itch where I'd never learned hardcore programming. Like I've done web stuff forever, but I never really learned JavaScript or Ruby or any kind of programming language. So I actually quit that job to go take this uh, dev boot camp thing. So it's like a, it was a 12 week boot camp in programming to actually learn, but I had to quit my job because it was an all day, everyday thing. So they were supportive of that decision of me just jumping in because it was going to mean better opportunities for me as a web developer. And when I finished that, that program up, I just ended up getting my old job back, which was way better. Like I got a better position at the old company at pots and pans. So then I was back, you know, back in the saddle (laughs) with a better salary and better stuff to do. So my parents had kind of already been through that that rodeo once before where I was like, hey, I'm just I'm throwing everything away. I'm going I'm going out on a limb here and uh, and, and running away. But so the second time around, I think it was a little more like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, wait a second. Like, are you just going to do this every year? Are you going to like get a wild hair up your ass and just change careers and quit everything and throw everything away? And uh so yeah, they took it pretty well and they've been so supportive. Like they've been like incredibly supportive. My dad watches all the videos. My mom and dad both read the comments and just it's amazing to to know that they've got my back. 
yeah it's, it's a, when you're doing a doing something like that i think you need support of the people the closest people around you i think you need you need Definitely. their help and their support and you can move forward a wee bit more <laughs> yeah awesome so your channel has grown to you're almost 130,000 subscribers or something like that yeah. now, aren't you? how crazy yeah, is that man it's really crazy it's it's just weird to look at that number and it just keeps going and it keeps moving and it's it's insane yeah you know and i love stories about people that you know take something that they're so passionate about like a, like a lifestyle and make it into a career just from an idea or from from their passion or something they love i absolutely love that and i watched i watched one of your live feeds pretty recently which was five and a half hours <laughs> yeah no, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't stay on. I couldn't stay on all day because I had stuff. No. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but you received a Chrome play button from YouTube. Yes. What was that about? So when you reach a hundred thousand subscribers, they give you kind of like a little reward. It's kind of a little carrot and stick kind of thing. Like, hey, thank you. I think you're you're doing a great job. So they send you this hundred thousand you know, subscriber milestone. It's just kind of a thing to say, like a, a physical thing to say, wow, you're doing so good. And uh, it was neat. It was really cool. I didn't think I was going to get so stoked on it as I did because I've seen it. I know the deal. I've seen Seth's. I've seen other ones. So my buddy Seth, Seth's bike hacks. And uh, so it, it, I, I didn't think it was going to be as special as it was, but it was pretty dang special. Yeah. And when I was watching that uh, live feed, you seemed pretty emotional about that. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when you're in the, I call it like the treadmill, when you're just cranking out three videos a week, just trying to do your best, just cranking videos, cranking videos, that's all I'm basically doing 24-7. And uh, to take a step back and to think about 100,000 people and that many people enjoying it and subscribing and commenting and just how all those people make this life possible and how it's just this weird circle of life thing it's amazing you know it's it's crazy like how does it you know it's been two years roughly since your channel started like like how do you feel emotionally i'm sure you just must want to burst into tears at some at some times just thinking about that roller coaster as you say yeah it's been really really cool like the uh the most emotional I get is really the people that email me and say like, Hey man, you know, I quit smoking. I'm, I'm riding with my son. Like it's changed my life. And those are the ones that I just absolutely love and cherish when people are like, yes, I've, I've made a difference somehow. Somehow my videos of me goofing around have sparked something in them because they still have to do the hard work. My videos aren't really doing the hard work, but hopefully they can spark something that, you know, sets a fire inside of them yeah i love that and did you ever think when you were doing your nine to five that something like this was possible because the whole youpreneur thing now is so you know it's just out there so much and uh you know doing your own thing going off taking a chance doing your own thing did you ever think that it would actually happen you know i did i really did if it didn't have to be a youtube thing it didn't have to be a social media thing but i go through my life uh being a patron of these businesses Day in and day out, whether it's a plumber, a restaurant, a shoe store or whatever. And every single business that I patronize is messed up in some way. Who are the idiots that are running these businesses and somehow making a living doing what they're doing? So I I just go through life with a chip on my shoulder about how do these people even operate? Okay, yeah, I've got a clogged drain. I call the plumber and he never calls me back. 
Like yeah. what? Like how, yeah. how does your business operate when you never call me back? Or I leave a message and you say you'll be here at three and then you show up at six with no phone call in between. Like so I, I go through my life seeing all these successful people that own all these businesses and doing it completely half-ass. So it's like, mm. hey, I bet if I ever started a business, I could do pretty good. <laughs> yeah, dude, I am so glad you said that because I thought that was only an Irish thing. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes you think people don't want my money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I've felt this way forever. And it's just if someone was diligent enough <laughs> to get something going, they could dominate. Yeah, well, happy days. So as your channel's growing, Brian, just briefly, what have you enjoyed the most from the journey so far? Making so many friends. That is really what I really never realized was going to happen, that I would make real friends. You know, my buddy Seth, my buddy Alexander, just a countless number of people that I've stayed with, that I've traveled with. And, you know, because in, in a bubble, when I first started making my videos, it was just me writing and talking. And that was a lot, a lot, a lot of my videos. And then when I met up with my buddy Alexander in Salida, Colorado, which was basically right after I quit my job. Is uh, that Alex from Single Track? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And uh, so I met up with him and rode with him. And all of a sudden, it's like this bromance, you know, it's like, wow, I've got this other guy that really gets what I'm doing. And he hadn't really got his channel up and running quite yet. He was getting into it. He I found him because he had one or two mountain bike videos because when you start a mountain bike YouTube channel, you just search for mountain biking and you go through every single video and I saw his videos and I saw that he had personality and so I, I, I was able to hook up with him and go ride and these friendships, man, it's, it's amazing. I have friends the world over and that is something I would have never, never imagined was possible. Yeah, and it's funny because I find that the same about the podcast that you know, you're putting out information and everything else, but it's the people you actually get to chat to that I never thought I would have had the opportunity to. Exactly. And that's what makes it all worthwhile. So, yeah, it's a crazy ride, really is. Let's talk a wee bit about YouTube then um, and how the downloads thing and all has recently changed. Do you have to keep an eye on all that stuff? Yeah, you always have to keep an eye because, you know, I'm pretty diverse in my revenue streams. So YouTube ad money is something that I depend on. So every time you watch a YouTube video, if an ad plays before it, or if you have YouTube Red, you don't see an ad, but I actually do get paid a couple cents uh, every time somebody watches a video. And that adds up. You know, I get more than 1 million views per month, and that adds up to, wow. you know, a couple, a couple thousand bucks a month. And it's a big chunk of my income. And uh, so when YouTube changes something or YouTube is angry about this or ang angry about that or they're trying some machine learning thing that totally screws up your channel, you have to be aware and you have to be kind of ready for that. So that's why YouTube ad revenue isn't like my number one focus. It's always mm -hmm. building a business that's kind of outside YouTube where, you know, I try to do T-shirts. I try to do gloves. I try to do Patreon so that, you know, people can donate three bucks a month and get my videos early. They can get extended mm -hmm. cuts to kind of feel like they're in, in, the, in the club and 
that three bucks a month, which, you know, people spend three bucks on pro bars and protein bars, that three bucks a month can completely fund what I'm doing and be my biggest chunk of income. And, uh, it makes all this possible. And, you know, I've actually been working on some sponsorship stuff, but not with bike company sponsorship, because that always scares me when something breaks on your bike, you're not allowed to talk about it, but actually working with like tourism boards. Like I went to Quebec city, uh, what was it last month now and had a blast out in the snow, fat biking. And that was actually a paid trip. They paid me to go. They paid for my flight. They paid me to go. And so like, basically diversifying my portfolio so this is still a sustainable business and still staying true to my people that's the number one thing i'm most concerned about is being honest and open and authentic and uh going back to what we were saying earlier i think authenticity and transparency is like the huge thing about living in today's world and if you're very guarded and you're kind of covering stuff up and you're fake about stuff and you're trying to put on a personality that really isn't you you're not going to win. I think that's very true. And it, it's very interesting what you say about the bike sponsorship because you, you probably could get two or three bikes given to you every year if you want it. But as you say, you know, maybe you aren't serving your audience correctly then because certain things aren't right with the bikes. As you say, you can't really say that. Yeah, every single pro that I've ever ridden with says they break their stuff all the time and they can't talk about it. They hate their stuff. They break their frames constantly. And it's just this crazy thing. So I do have a deal with Orbea and it's basically not a sponsorship. It's basically a no strings attached. They're giving me a bike. So right now I have a demo bike, Rayon, and then I'm going to get my own little custom built version. They have this program called Mayo where you can pick your paint, pick your components. And, uh, but I was kind of adamant with them, like, hey, I just want this no strings attached where maybe I'll ride it, maybe I won't. I'm not going to promise anything, but I feel like I can deliver such good value by me riding the bike and showing off how good the bike is and talking about the bike that they're willing to take that risk if I never ride it at all. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm very fortunate to be in that position because I can't really afford to buy a $7,000 bike, you know, maybe every once every four years or so. But uh yeah. So it's nice to have this bike to be able to show it off, and I feel like it's a great bike. But if something blows up on it, you're sure as hell I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, well, it's the ultimate test for them, isn't it? It's a test ride for them. Of course, (laughs) of course. So you're giving them good feedback, I suppose, at the end of the day, and that's something that would be really important to any bike brand nowadays. Definitely. So do you want to talk a wee bit about Patreon, Brian, and fill us in on what that is and you know how that helps the site and helps you do what you do yeah so the patreon thing it's basically you you become a patron of the arts you know like back in the day where uh you know king louis or whatever would pay artists just to hang out and like hey here's here's a here's 10,000 rubles a month or whatever and do some paintings and you know you're kind of you're kind of allowing art to happen and it's also just if you believe in what I'm doing, three bucks a month or a dollar a month, there's a lot of different tiers. It, it it just makes all the difference in the world for me to be able to buy plane tickets and all that stuff. But yeah, you can go on patreon.com slash BKXE and check it out. I'm, I'm sure anyone who knows who I am has heard me talk about it. And some people get sick of me talking about it. But it is what actually runs this thing. And this this is a business. It is a life. But it, it's just awesome to, to have people. And they watch the extended cuts. So normally... My YouTube videos are somehow they're always around 13 minutes long. I don't really dictate that. It just kind of happens. But I have these extended cuts that come out earlier than the normal video. And they're usually about 45 minutes long. And 
so many people watch the extended cuts. They really enjoy watching all 45 minutes. And not all 45 minutes is really entertaining. But uh, people get on the trainer and they, they, they sit and spin. They watch the extended yeah. cut. And it's just been – it's been the perfect, you know – it's been the perfect incentive because you have to think what's in it for them. There, it's not a charity thing. It's not just, hey, you're giving me three bucks a month and thanks, I'm going to take your money and go. <laughs> it's it Really, you have to think about your audience and what more you could offer something a little more premium, that kind of stuff. And I also do like a dollar a month where you can find out about news when I have a new t-shirt coming out or if I'm going to do a Patreon group ride. And I've done a few of those, which have been really, really fun. So yeah, it's just a way for me to sustainably keep this thing going. And I, I'm closing in on almost 1,000 patrons. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah, that, that is awesome. That is awesome. You see, it's the Patreon thing is not that big here in the UK or Ireland. Or, um you know, if you speak to people about it, they don't really know what it is. Yeah, most people so, don't. Most people really don't. It's it's very much a niche YouTube artist kind of yeah. thing. And uh, yeah, the, I've definitely been called an e-beggar a few times. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. That's classic. Now, let's talk a wee bit about the not-so-fun side of it. Um, and let's talk about editing and stuff like that, because... I know a lot of people probably think that you, you go out on your bike, you strap a camera to your chest, um, and that's it. You yeah. Know, that's it. That's it, done. Boom. Just living the life. Yeah. But firstly, do you film everything when you're out riding? No, I, I definitely turn the camera on and off, but I, I, film yeah. more, I film more than I should. And you just always got to have the camera running in case something happens. You don't want to miss yeah. you know, something crazy. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm filming quite a lot and uh, – yeah, you just it's the sacrifice you make. So when you get back to the editing uh, bay, you're like looking through this thing and it takes it takes a lot of work to go through the videos. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because the time you turn the camera off is the time somebody's going to get chased by a bear or something. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> um, so how much time, Brian, would you spend behind the computer editing and getting uploads ready and all that kind of stuff? You know, it's it, it's tough to say, but I'd say that you know, every video probably takes about six hours of work. So it's like right now I'm sitting on six videos that I need to get out from that road trip. So I basically just was out traveling and, and, and riding and not doing any editing. So now I come back home. So it's like every day of riding costs a day of working and editing, basically almost the full day. Yeah. Wow. So six hours to edit a 45-minute video yeah exactly you start out with maybe an hour and a half of footage maybe an hour of footage and you know that includes making a thumbnail and putting subtitles on and, and mm. like li all those little tiny detail things that all of a sudden really stack up and make it uh make it a lot harder links you know oh i talked about this lock i talked about this bike lock let me go go on amazon find the link and put that in the description do you ever edit when you're on the road because i think when i was watching your band jones videos um when you were out with him that you were maybe editing on the road as well is that something you have to do from time to time i try i try but it's tough because after a long day of riding you just you're just done you're toasted especially yeah. on those kinds of trips where there's no time they 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 run you hard they want to make sure you get 
six days of riding and, and really get a ton of value out of your money. So it's like, all right, we're getting up early. All right, we're driving three hours. All right, we're doing this. Okay, now we're driving two hours back. And all right, see you guys tomorrow. Like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. and I, I got to make sure I charge up all my batteries and dump my footage and just doing that and then eating dinner. And it's like, by then it's like, hey, it's nine o'clock at night. It's time to go to bed. I, I need, it's better to get sleep and be ready for the next day than to try to crank out a video. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Do you enjoy that whole editing process? I do because it's putting the puzzle together. Like it's very, very cool. Sometimes, you know, it wears on me sometimes where you're like, okay, 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 I'm done. Let's go. Let's get this thing going. But to to first see that footage come in and to see that I was able to somehow capture very much close to what it felt like to ride, like it's always amazing. It's always pretty spectacular to put it down in the timeline that first time and be like, oh oh, man, okay, let's see this part. Oh cool, that looks good, awesome. Cool, and what editing software do you use, Brian, just so that people know? Yeah, I use Final Cut Pro on my Macintosh. All right, so you're an Apple fella. You're an Apple dude. (laughs) See, we're still all PC over here. Uh, cool and you know i had ben jones on the podcast oh cool i uh, yeah and we were i was chatting to ben and stuff and he's just had he's just been at the the london bike show and stuff like that and he's released his bike now yeah dba bike yeah now i know that bike was out there and ben was riding it when you were with him yeah um did you get a go on that i didn't so so we were gonna, we were thinking about it. We were gonna do it, but they were still like, there was still a couple things that they were working on on the bike and the chain tensioner yeah. and stuff. So it's like, okay, I don't want you to ride it when it's like still. It was still very much a prototype at that time. It looks amazing. The bike looks crazy amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna get a chance to ride it in Italy in a few months. So he has a little invite only trip. People yeah. who have already right. been on a trip. So Lake Garda, I think he's gonna let me ride one for that trip, and we're gonna see how that goes. I might get uh, addicted to the old pinion gearbox. I uh, awesome, awesome, yeah. Because I have been chatting to him about that. That's one of his new kind of routes that he's he's doing. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't go on public release until next year, I think. So. Correct. Beta test. Yeah, beta test, dude. You'll you'll be the you'll be the guy doing <laughs> the all guinea the drops pig. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so you're super active on returning viewers' comments, Brian. Um, is this some? Well, it obviously, is of major importance to you. But how much time does that take up? I don't. I can't believe how you do that. I, I think it's funny because I it really there it's taken about the same amount of time from when I had a hundred subscribers to when I've got one hundred and twenty thousand subscribers. Like people don't really comment that much. It 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 might it might look like they do, but I I feel like I get the same amount of comments. Yeah, it still takes about thirty minutes a day to go through it, but I feel like that's a good price to pay for to have a connection and to be able to recognize so many people in my comments and for them to leave like really interesting you know feedback and stuff that i that has basically built my channel by people suggesting hey you should go check out this or hey have you ever tried this or like all that stuff is so important and Mm -hmm. every single youtuber reads their comments but for whatever reason they don't feel like it's valuable enough to actually reply yeah you know i think it's such a cool thing because i remember when i commented on one of your first first videos or one of the first videos i watched and you actually got back to me i was like wow <laughs> he's actually he's actually got back to me it's, i'm just it, a regular dude too so that that's how everybody feels i'm sure 
Definitely. And, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube still. I still kind of study different things. Like I, I'll watch some video game streaming stuff from time to time. And and when you talk in the chat or if you donate like money with a super chat or something to a live streamer and they talk and they, they you know, they say your name and they react to your comment. It's a very special thing. It's awesome. It's, it's a great reaction to have. So I kind of understand that dynamic and I feel like it's important to, to get back to people. And, you know, there's plenty of commenters that just say first or third or just, you know, have something kind of worthless to say where it's like, okay, I'm not really going to take my time to respond to every comment. I just respond to every worthwhile comment. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Well, you you know, it's the old build yourself a thousand fans idea. Yep, and, exactly. Uh, it's, it's so, but you've you've destroyed it for me for everybody else now because if I comment on something else and you don't, it's go just by, going I'm yeah, just asshole. It's just <laughs> it just goes out into the ether. It's like it's kind of sad, right? I mean, you you spend yeah. this time if you have a real question, like a real comment that you think would really help, and then it just goes out there and nobody answers it, and it's like oh man, <laughs> yeah. Um, see, old chicken and egg question now, and I'm sure you've been asked this a number of times, but do you ever think the channel will grow to a certain size where it's unmanageable? It's possible, but like people have been asking that for since I started. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's guys literally that used to comment on all my stuff that don't even comment anymore. Where it's like I outlasted them. <laughs> like yeah. they, I had my, like they were worried that I was gonna stop, and they've stopped. Yeah. Well, here here's maybe a better way of putting it. Then, do you structure your day in any way? Do you have a structure set out that you follow? I try. I don't. I. It's really kind of it's all over the place. I always try to get up early, but that doesn't always happen. And then you know I'll be like, okay, boom, breakfast first, then my to do list, and edit my videos. But then it's like, oh well, okay, I'll go to the gym, or oh, okay, I'll actually get a ride in first. And so I really don't have a solid routine, but I do have a solid to do list that I'm always focusing on. And okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What's what's on the calendar? What's the most important thing? And trying to work that, but. I get as distracted as anybody else. Well, you certainly got up early some mornings because you sent me an email your time about 4.30 a.m. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it depends on uh, <laughs> where I'm at and what, what's going on for sure. <laughs> so would you say then, would you say it's more difficult in some ways than your nine to five? Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is a full-on obsession. Like a lot of these guys that have wives and kids, they're like, oh, man, I don't know how you do it. It's like, it's easy. It's the only thing that I have obligation to do. You know, <laughs> it's like it's a full on consuming, total con consuming of my life. But I've always wanted something like that. I've always wanted something where I could pour my heart and soul into it and see what came out the other side. But, yeah, it's mm -hmm. definitely harder than the nine to five. And it, it might not sound like it. It might sound like it's all perfect roses and, and easy, but it's definitely a. Uh, all-consuming yeah it's like running any business isn't it you, you never stop thinking about it you know you dream about it you get up in the morning the first <laughs> thing you think about is the business you know yeah. your phone never stops I, I know what it feels like and you know that can be tiring so how do you how do you stay motivated all the time how do you keep that stoke at such a such a high level all the time you know, there's always something on the horizon. There's always something to look forward to. There's always like, okay, that video is coming out. I wonder how people are going to like it. And, you know, when you when you do good rides, like these past couple rides, these past couple videos, Sedona, Highline, and then South Mountain and Phoenix, 
those were some of the best rides I've ever done. So it's like mm. the, the riding still gets me stoked. Then to go back and edit the videos to be like, oh man, people are going to really like this and, and to craft the video. So it's funny and it's entertaining and it's, it's got all these little bits and pieces in it. And to actually get to show that off, it's, it still fires me up. Yeah. You're, you're just still in love with it, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And, and there's going to be pieces where, you know, maybe I'll, I've been experimenting with getting an editor and seeing how that goes where it's like, okay, mm. like it's very, very tough for me to like take the hands off and like not be the total control freak. But it's like, okay, if, if these six videos are all going to cost me six hours, it's going to be a 40 hour week that I could be working on the business and building other opportunities versus, yeah. you know, digging in and getting just locked into getting nothing done for a week even though i'm getting stuff done i'm getting the videos done but there's other stuff that i could be doing yeah totally and it's funny i um i had robin o'neill who's a professional photographer on the podcast and she used to do all her editing but she now she's outsourced that to somebody for 20 hours a week to do the editing that's um, amazing because yeah. it was you, you know yeah because it was just taking her away from being behind the camera what she's passionate about what she's so talented at um, so she went down that route and is that something you might find yourself looking at in the near future yeah i really do want to i've been experimenting with it i actually have a guy that i'm gonna I'm gonna play with we just did our first little round of editing yesterday so it's 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 all a part of the process and it's so tough to let go of that control and to be like okay it's gonna be different it's not gonna be 100 percent me you know there's gonna be things yeah. that are different <laughs> I you, you almost think well the audience noticed that yeah they know I'm not editing and, this. and then they and then they don't at all and it's like oh wow okay what was I so uptight about yeah yeah totally so let's talk a wee bit about trails and equipment Brian if you don't mind yeah so tell us what filming equipment you use so I use the a an Evo SS or a Zion Rider M I kind of have both of them and uh, they're they're very much interchangeable that's the gimbal. So that's the thing that actually keeps the GoPro steady. And I use a GoPro Hero 4 because that seems to have the best audio quality of any of the GoPros. Even though the 5 and 6 are newer and they have some newer bells and whistles, the audio quality on those isn't as good because they have built-in waterproof. So they're built-in waterproof, and that means that you can't have a good microphone if it's waterproofed. It's just it's not possible. But I'm sure eventually they'll figure it out and have a good uh, microphone. So that's the equipment I use. I use the Stuntman chest mount. It's a different kind of GoPro chesty that's a little more big. It's a little more stable, kind of, sort of. They're, they're kind of all the same. You always need some kind of extra strap. So I use the Osprey Raptor 14-pack, and I use the front strap to kind of strap the thing in so it doesn't flop on my chest so much. But yeah, that's about it. And then I bring a ton of batteries and uh, backup uh, SD cards in case I fill up the the card. Mm, cool. And how often do you find yourself having to update equipment? Um, I'm always on the lookout for new equipment and stuff. But yeah, I've probably over the past two years, I've probably bought five GoPro Hero fours. Like I just bought another one recently. You know, the lens gets scratched. The the other stuff blows up, like so. I'm constantly uh, making sure I have backups and backups because if two break, then you've got nothing. So I, I always make sure to be a little more on the. Oh man, I'm spending way too much money right now, but <laughs> this, I, I, I need it for my job. Yeah, um, and you know, it's probably not a massive outlay of money to get set up and get rolling. What could somebody expect to pay for that? entire kind of equipment that yeah you're using there. 
Yeah, I mean, that that's true. It really isn't, you know, in the big relative scheme of things to start a business, you know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's like the GoPro, I, the latest GoPro I bought was like 180 bucks because it was a refurbished one. And then the gimbals are still about 250 bucks and that doesn't seem to be coming down anytime soon. But there are, there's cheaper ones. It's funny because so many people email me and ask me about, oh, but there's this cheaper camera and there's this cheaper gimbal. And it's like, Good luck, man. <laughs> like yeah, you get exactly. what you pay for, and then yeah. you know the mount, the chest mount's probably thirty bucks or so, and there you go. You you can start it up, but it's just like anyone else. Everyone has an iPhone with a video camera in it, but that doesn't mean that everyone's uh, making amazing vlogs and and being able to talk to the camera and be able to take people on a on a journey and tell a story. Yeah, because that's what it's about. The film's just the you know it's it's just your side hustle. Yeah, it's you being there. The medium makes the difference. Yeah. That's it. So you always seem to have a Strava or something like that with you on your rides. What are you averaging a month? Do you know? I don't. I don't know. That is like such a common question. And it's really less than you'd think, you know, because it's I can get if I go for six days of riding, sometimes there'll be like 10 videos out of that. And 10 videos is almost a month worth of videos. So it's like all of a sudden the, the, the image of me like, oh, I'm riding all the time and I'm putting in tons of miles. It's just not there. You know, it's not as much as you think. And uh, I, I do have Strava, but I friggin forget to turn it on. I use my phone. I need I need to get a GPS computer. I'm, I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm kind of thinking about the Apple Watch, but I don't know. I'll probably break it on the trail or something on accident. <laughs> Well, that's what I was going to ask you. If if you could update your equipment to anything and money kind of was no option, what piece of gear would you would you update your current setup with? Yeah, so the the GoPro and filming stuff is fine. Like that's fine, but like getting a nice like Garmin Phoenix like GPS watch that does really good heart rate would be awesome. And those friggin' things are like 600 700 bucks and uh oh. Yeah, it's like ridiculous, and I don't think I really need it that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's one of those things. If if you haven't used it, you do you really need it? Exactly, you know? exactly. Well, so Brian, when you were starting out, or even even today, just when it, was there any pieces of advice that really helped you in your channel, or helps you today that you can remember back on? You know, I really I think back uh, watching Casey Neistat videos, and he has a lot. Of, of talking about in his videos and it's kind of it's funny because all his videos are like kind of clickbait thumbnails and titles so if there's something that happened in a video good friggin luck going back and finding that actual video <laughs> that, that you watched but uh there's a couple videos where he just talks about failure he talks about his journey and that he has this absolute disregard for failure and it's like what does it really mean failure is pretty much nothing in today's day and age maybe in caveman days failure was something where you you would actually die because of it but in today's day and age failure doesn't mean anything you always have a you'll always have a second chance i can always go back and get a job i can always go and do something use these skills that i've learned so uh, it just inspires me. It's, it inspired me from the start, but it still continues to inspire me to kind of get out of my comfort zone and keep pushing and keep experimenting. You just have to bounce back and keep going. Yep, exactly. And, and that's the thing. Uh, it's so easy to, to get a couple losses and then be like, oh, no, it's just not meant to be. And then that that's when you stop, when other people keep going and keep going and keep going and actually find their way to a win. Yeah, very true. So you've ridden many awesome trails, Brian. Have you any standouts or favorites? There, there's so many. It's like trying to pick your own favorite kid, you know, like 
Spain was definitely Spain is definitely always on the top of my list. It's just so fun. There's so much the the great guides, the people, the food, and the trails were just amazing. I it's so funny because Basque MTB, the company that does the trips in Spain that I've done, it was it was something that I had fantasized about before I even quit my job, like before I started my YouTube mm. channel, like the photos that I'd seen and the videos that I'd seen that they did, like just really sparked my imagination. Like that was kind of what I had always dreamed about when I thought, hey, I'm going to build a business and then I'm going to get to do these trips on the side. That's what I'll do. And somehow Basque MTB like lived up to that hype, which is almost impossible for something to be built up in your head and, and be so mystical. And then when you actually do it, it was better than what I imagined. <laughs> like that doesn't seem possible, but it, it was. And yeah, so Spain always has a special place in my heart. That's why it's kind of cool that I'm riding the Orbea. It's a Spanish bike and it kind of all ties together. Yeah. You'll retire out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was there any surprises? Was there any, any trails or any countries you went to that you were, surprised either good or bad um let me think about that so you know one of the most recent ones that i was really surprised at was this this place called exchequer and that was a you know probably last week or two weeks ago and it was a it's a bike park in northern california or central california it's about two and a half hours away from me and you know i've mm. been hearing about it i've heard people talk about it grant the guy who created the place had emailed me a couple times and you know everybody really played it down like everybody was like well you know it's it's good and it, i i'd like you to come out but you know it's not spain or anything and people have a tendency to really you know be self-conscious about their trails and play stuff down but then i get out there and it's some of the funnest stuff i've ever seen and the video just turned out so good and it was so fun and so many people in the comments were like oh man i'm going out there i'm going out there i didn't know this was in my backyard so exchequer yeah that's that's definitely mm -hmm. one of the surprises for me and it was just you know only two and a half hours away right in my backyard wow and was there any you went to expecting more than it delivered yeah i'd say new zealand was kind of like that i did a sacred rides oh, trip really? in new zealand and uh it was okay but you know i got spoiled by spain where it's like okay mm. you're in shuttles you've got multiple guides you've got this whole logistical thing that is just dialed in like crazy and you know you gotta love shuttles if you're doing six days of riding and the, the you don't want to do all climbing climbing's nice and all but you're here to get rides in so new zealand was about a 10 day uh, trip all along the South Island. It was really cool. There was so much good stuff. We did a lot of good riding, but it felt like I could have done that with a credit card and a rental car and a guy, you know, and trail forks. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't really feel like that was a great ringing endorsement where Spain, there's no friggin' way in hell that I could go show up in Spain and do any of that stuff. I could do one of the shuttles we did, maybe, like, and climb up for three hours and then go down for 20 minutes versus, in, you know, in Spain, we did, like, four or five shuttles a day for six days straight. It's, like, just yeah. impossible to do that kind of quantity and quality by yourself. Where in New Zealand, it's like, hey, we pulled up to the trailhead, we did a big XC loop, and boom, we're good. A couple of them, we did a point-to-point -point with a shuttle, and we did shuttle a little bit, but, like, yeah, it just, it it was, like, kind of like, eh, yeah, I could have, I probably could have put this together myself. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that from New Zealand, really. There's so much more. I mean, obviously, this was just one trip. There's there's so much more. There's Rotorua. There's uh, Christchurch. So that it's on my list. I got to get back. 
Have you any scary moments? Oh yeah, there's plenty, <laughs> plenty of scary moments for sure. Like uh, in in Spain on my recent Spain trip, I crashed and hit my face for the first time, which I've never done before. And and luckily it wasn't that big of an impact. It kind of bloodied my nose a little bit, which I'm, you, you know, it's pretty insane because it could have broken my nose or broken my yeah. teeth easily. But it just wasn't, you know, I just didn't hit the ground hard enough or had my hands out good enough. And it uh, and it's one of those things where. How did that even happen? Where you're like, eh, I clip my handlebars, but it's like, I clip my handlebars a lot. And like, just it gets in your head a little bit and you kind of have to recover and kind of get back on the horse and get back in riding. And luckily I'm, I'm back and I feel pretty dang good now after, you know, it takes a little while to, to get back to your true self. Does that ever scare you? Because if you fall off and injure yourself and you can't ride, does that ever scare you as far as your channel goes? No. Or does it just give you an opportunity to talk about something different? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's really how I see it. And it's not a matter of if, yeah. it's a matter of when. Like, everybody gets injured. I, I'll probably get injured. I'll, I'll probably have something happen. And, you know, hopefully it's not going to put me in the hospital or anything. But I'm sure something will happen where, okay, I have to wear a cast or, okay, I have to do this. So I, I just know it's inevitable. that You just can't go out, ride, and ride, and ride, and ride as much and not have something happen. But, like you said, I, I view it as an opportunity to talk about something different, to get creative, to force myself to uh, create a different kind of video and grow as a creator. Yeah, no, I think that'd be. Oh well, I was going to say that would be cool. <laughs> see you get injured, obviously, but <laughs> it would be interesting to see how you do that. But I'm sure it would be very good. Um, and I remember watching the video when you were out in Kajabi with Adam Davis. Yeah, and uh, it was. That drop that you yeah. just went off on yeah. the railway roads. Man, that was insane. Oh, yeah. Like, I wish I would have done a better job of, like, looking back and showing the, the audience, basically, that it was just this big old thing and just, yeah. whoa, that was that was pretty scary, uh, but didn't hurt myself whatsoever, which is pretty crazy. So it, it was just way more of a mental, like, oh, Jesus yeah. <laughs> well, Adam, I had Adam on the podcast yeah. as well, just about his enduro and stuff, and we chatted about that drop, and he was gutted that he kind of yeah. didn't tell you it about was it. Gonna and... It was going to happen. It was going to happen no matter what. You know, you're in the zone. Like, I didn't have any ill feelings at all. That was about the most I've ever been mad on my videos, where I was like, hey, man, that was a, kind of a late call out. So... It is it, like I'm really not, you know, mad at him or anything. And it was going to happen. We're out there in the wilds of Africa and, uh, you know, shit's going to happen. Yeah. I'm actually going to try and get out of them boys next year. Oh, wow. I've been I've been chatting to Adam and, and Simon Blake. I don't know if you know of Simon, but he's kind of in charge of cycling development in Kenya. Yes. So we've had him on the podcast and we're chatting and, and we're, we're going to try and hook up. I, I really would love to do it out there. I think it would be amazing to just to, just to be out there in Africa and, and everything else. And the trails look crazy. Yeah, it's pretty fun stuff, man. Adam's got a, a couple of really good routes that are just so much fun. I would suggest if you could get him to go uh, hack some of the, the some of the weeds out on Firebreak. <laughs> I bet Firebreak would be a lot better if it was hacked back a little bit. Yeah, well, we'll maybe give some locals some dough to go and do that. Or exactly, something. exactly. No bad thing. Um, so Brian, how many uh, how many subscribers are you wanting to reach? Do you think a cool million's doable? You know, I really don't. You know, after I hit a hundred thousand, or actually after I hit seventy five thousand, that's where I kind of felt like, okay, boom, I can make money. I can make as much money as I was making at my potsandpans.com job. So I felt like, okay, at seventy five thousand, I felt like I was pretty comfortable so 
yes, it'd be nice to keep reaching more and more and more people, but you know, at this point, if I can keep this sustainable as it is, the subscriber numbers really don't matter as much as how else can I reach people? How else can I make an impact? And and that might not be subscriber numbers. That might be selling, you know, my own version of fat paw grips or, you know, creating some kind of product that impacts mountain biking even more or, you know, doing something outside the box. So that the number of subscribers is just, it's always going to be there. I think a million is possible, it, which is just kind of crazy to even think about. But uh, it might happen someday. And I, I bet it will happen eventually. But yeah. that's really not the focus. The focus is like, how can I make an impact? And, and you know, how can I turn this into a business bigger than me, bigger than just being on the treadmill, putting out three days a week uh, videos? You obviously do a bit of affiliate marketing there on the site and your clothing and stuff. Is that something you're going to develop a wee bit more, do you think? You know, I, it, there's a balance to that that I just love the travel stuff so much. Like I've, I've thought about yeah. doing more of that stuff and like reviews of products and it's something I should do more. Like people really like that stuff and they're really curious. Like, hey, I know you use this stuff. But a lot of why I don't do it is because, like, I don't have anything to say. It's like, yeah, these shoes kind of suck. I don't know. I can't really be articulate about why they (laughs) suck. And I can be and I need to be. But it's I just love the travel stuff so much. And it's just such a it's it's just such where my heart is versus like, okay, I know if I do 10 mountain bike review products, I can put in affiliate links and I actually might make a couple hundred bucks from that video over a month. And like, eh, I just doing what's fun is kind of what keeps me going and what makes this not be a slog that if I start doing that other stuff, which is good, I I do enjoy doing that other stuff sometimes, but if I make myself do it and I I make myself, okay, I have to do at least one affiliate marketing based video every week. And it's like, then it becomes a job and uh, I'm, I'm not into, into sucking the life out of this thing. Yeah, no, no. And you're doing what you're good at which comes through in the passion and everything else. So I think you're going about it the right way. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. They do it. They do it for the money. You know, yeah. I think if you, of course you have to make a bit of, you know, you need to make a living, but if you think about it, about money just by itself and that you're just doing it to make money, I think that's where people go wrong because your, your listeners or your audience or your viewers, they, they suss that out. Definitely. Definitely. And, and, there's always ways to sell out and do this and make this and hustle this, but it's like, ah, you got to keep, yeah, I just, I'm so glad that I haven't made any weird long-term deals that have totally screwed me over and made me feel like, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not doing what I want to do. So I've been very wary of any company that's kind of said, Hey, we could do this and that. And everything I do is pretty much short term or kind of in my favor. And that's great. I have the ability. I, I'm still doing well enough. Like this stuff is still going along, you know, well enough. And that's why I always love Patreon because it allows me to say no. And I say no to a lot of stuff and it's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great because it's easy to make. Initially, when you're starting and somebody maybe comes along with a deal, sometimes, you know, you might, you could take that deal, but it could, as you say, ruin it for later time. So exactly, you probably wouldn't change anything if you had to or if you could, would you? No, it's it's perfect. I'm, I just and it's amazing. I was at the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival uh, a couple weeks ago. Right. Already. It's already been a couple weeks. And uh, 
you know, tons of people recognize me, normal people, right? Like normal people come up and say, hey, man, I love your videos. But I could walk around all day and nobody in those booths, nobody in the bike industry knows who I am. So it's fantastic. I can lay low. I can like be build this thing under the radar and the bike industry is still asleep while I build my audience and build my audience and build my audience to a point where, hey, I want to come out with my own bike brand or, you know, something like that or mm-hmm. my own pedals or whatever it is where they'll be asleep at the wheel and uh, I'll be ready to pounce. Cool, man. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so any future trails planned? Did I hear a wee sneaky thing that you're maybe coming to the UK? I'm hoping to get to the UK. That's that's in the plans. I've got that Italy trip. I might be able to get back to Switzerland. I'm going to Tibet. Like, there's so many things in the hopper this year. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I've got a couple of listener questions, if you don't mind Oh, awesome. Asking. Hell yeah. Um, Michael, Michael Regan, who's who's an awesome guy over here, is the founder and organizer of the Dava Enduro, which we have here. Um, he's such a cool guy, so good for the industry over here. But he wants to know when you're coming to Ireland. Man, i got to <laughs> get back to the homeland, the Kennedy blood. <laughs> I, That's it. I, I want – so – Basically, when I go to the UK, I'm, I'm leaving it up to my host. I'm going to have a pretty good host that's pretty connected to the bike industry. And hopefully, I, yeah, I don't think we'll get to Ireland, though. Ah, it's like this whole, yeah. you know, it's like every year there's always more. But that's what keeps me so excited is that I keep hearing about all these places and all these things. It's like, great. I'm never going to run out of places that I want to go and that hopefully we'll have great riding. So I look at it as an opportunity, but I know that people that like live there are like, ah, oh, when are you going to come? When are you going to get there? I know it's just, it would be so hard just to, you know, to go everywhere you want or go everywhere where somebody wants you to be. Kind yep. Of thing, yeah. Yep. Definitely. Totally. Now I've got another, I, I picked out this question from David McGee because I thought it was quite funny. I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> He says, what is your diet normally like? As you seem to drink a lot of Coke on your videos. Ha ha, smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny because, you know, the videos represent like one day in the life. You know, after I finish a ride and like it's on a trip, I'll have a Coke. But I really don't drink Coke normally. I'll have it with with dinner, (laughs) you know, once in a while. And it's not something I keep in my house at all. And, you know, I eat chick- okay. chicken McNuggets are always a big funny thing. So yeah, yeah. people kind of always have this idea that I'm just eating like total garbage all the time. And it it's not <laughs> quite true. Yeah. So you do look after yourself to a certain extent. I mean, I'm 35 years old and I have a six pack. So <laughs> I don't know how many wow. how many people are uh, rocking that at my age. Yeah, you should do. You should get your six six pack on one of your videos. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so brian what's the what's the end goal for you i'm thinking i'm thinking a tv channel man yeah yeah a little travel channel but that's what's so funny man it's like i already have a tv channel a tv uh you know show or kind of thing so it yeah but i'm thinking i'm thinking just before the super bowl yeah <laughs> a lead-in isn't it? Yeah. it it is pretty amazing just to you know, the, the end goal is just to live a comfortable life, to, to have control of my time and to, you know, have a family eventually and like kind of more of those existential things. There's no dollar amount. There's no, you know, viewer mm-hmm. number. It's just to really have the most impact on as many people as I can to somehow 
hopefully through my videos to inspire them to get off the couch and to ride more because I think mountain biking is just truly transformative. I think it is the best way to get physical exercise. I think it's amazing for mental health. I think it's a great way to travel, to see the world. It's a great way to make friends. I mean, it it mm. really solves every problem, I think. In my, in my book, there's nothing better than mountain biking. No, that that's awesome. That sounds great. And you know, it's so inspiring when when you do get really good positive feedback from people. It's just so nice. It's amazing. I, I had a yeah, I had a gentleman, Brian, on, on the podcast and he's registered blind, but he races mountain bike. Yeah, holy moly. And he he does the Dava Enduro here and stuff and the comments that I was getting back on social media just because of that episode with Brian on it. It was just awesome. You know, you're just hearing people saying, you know, I've tried to get off the sofa for the last six months, but this has just totally inspired me. Hell yeah. I'm going to go out. I'm going to get at it. You know, if Brian can do it, I have no excuse whatsoever. And that's what that's what does it for me, stuff like that. Exactly. It's just making people enjoy themselves more on the mountain bike and making them better bikers or getting better skills or learning the information that kind of keeps this whole thing running because it's such mountain biking's got such a great social kind of bubble around yes brilliant i really enjoy it and and for me it's like showing that it's possible it's not that crazy to get on a plane and go to spain It, it seems crazy it seems like oh that's like a once in a lifetime thing but it's not that crazy if you as long as you have the money it's expensive of course but uh it's not that out of the realm of possibilities. And I just hope that, you know, I probably make it look a little too easy. I probably make it look like, oh, yeah, you just travel everywhere. It's no big deal for you. But I just really hope that people get a spark out of that and be like, okay, screw it. I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to drive 10 hours. I'm going to go to this place and see see what it's like. So, Brian, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know you've got a lot of editing to do there. So how can people best keep updated with your videos and your adventures? Yeah, just YouTube. Just search for BKXC. Uh, I'm there. If you, that comes up, even if you just Google it, subscribe, you hit the notifications. I have videos out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Very consistent. I've, I've tried to do that for almost you know a year and a half now. And uh, yeah, live streams every once in a while. I'm on Instagram, BKXC, every, everywhere BKXC. Somehow I was able to get uh, wrestle those uh, handles away from people squatting on them. <laughs> classic well brian listen thanks so much for coming on the show it's been a pleasure to chat with you and uh get your vibes across the uk awesome a big percentage of my uh followers are from the uk so it'll be be good to get you out there hopefully you'll get some more uh subscribers and i've got to i've got to get there you. i've got to make it happen got to get to the uk <laughs> <laughs> good stuff well thank you so much mate i really appreciate you coming on it's been awesome chatting to you thank you that's a wrap for number 28 folks i hope you enjoyed that i know i certainly did i really enjoyed talking with brian he's such a cool guy and someday i really hope to get out and ride trails with that fella he's, he's so cool and down to earth um, he's just he's just one of the lads really and it's awesome that he's made such a success of youtube and doing what he loves and sharing his passion and networking and meeting new people it's just it's just really really good stuff and i love i love getting people like that on the podcast so folks if you enjoyed the podcast and you want to touch base with brian or watch some of his videos just go to the show notes they're all available on the website at www.mtb-tribe.com you can get all the info on there and there's links and stuff to brian's material from there 
Also, you can subscribe to the show, get insider scoops on what's happening and get emails once a week when a show drops and you can be able to read the show notes a wee bit in advance there as well. And just get in touch. Just go onto the website, get in touch. There's a contact form. You can ask me anything or anybody you'd like to hear from on the podcast or if there's any questions you'd like to ask guests that's cool just go on there and get in contact also you can follow us on social media instagram is at mtv tribe and facebook mtv tribe that's great i appreciate it also you can just drop me an email info at mtv-tribe.com that would be awesome and i just want to say a big thank you for everybody that is involved everybody that's helping the podcast I, i do appreciate it i really do appreciate your involvement so thanks, folks. Now, next week, we've got a pretty cool episode. We're chatting to the Meg Monkey guys, and it's all about why you should buy a new bike. So let's get into that time of the year. You know, you're thinking of maybe getting a new bike for the summer. Spring's just around the corner. So this is a really good episode, and the guys chat about why they think you should get a new bike and the reasons for doing so. So hope to see you next week, folks. Talk to you soon. Enjoy the trails.